podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the 195th episode of the Anfield Index podcast. The Reds have completed their Premier League campaign in a successful fashion. Late it may have been, but the goal of retaining Champions League football via consecutive top four placement is in the bag with a glorious opportunity remaining in eight days time. Big ears is up for grabs. So frankly, come here to daddy. I'm Trev Downey and grass and pollen are my sworn enemies. Currently, I'm fighting off their effects with a kind of a weary body. So apologies if I sound a little nasal at times, but two men who will distract you from my failing vocal stylings are Carl Kopak and Cam Branch, one of whom once had his voice compared to Scouse Honey and the other, well, he once ate honey and he knows several scousers. I'll leave you, gentle listener, to deduce which is which. Carl, any opening thoughts for us? Oh, my boys, my boys. We are at the end of an age. We live in a land of weather forecasts and breakfast that's set in. Shut on by Tories, shoveled up by Labour, and here we are. We three, perhaps the last island of beauty in the world. Oh, my God. How how beautiful of you to bring in Withnell and we three... And which of us is Monty, which is which, which is I, I leave you to decide. Uh, which, which, which one is the terrible example? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Beautiful quote. And listen, if we're getting into Whitnell quotes, this could be a pod in and of itself. Uh, Cam, how are you getting on this week? Anything, anything to open with? Alan, counting cards is a foolproof system. Stu, it's also illegal. Alan, it's not illegal. It's frowned upon, like masturbating on a pl- on an airplane. Phil, I'm pretty sure that's illegal too. Alan, maybe since 9-11 when everyone got so insensitive. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. <laughs> is that is that your buddies from Vegas? It may well be. It, may well be. <laughs> a, it is, isn't it? It's from it it's, it's the the Hangover, right? You spawn, my man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent. I, I, I wondered if you were just going to make some sort of subtle allusion so that we'd have to ask you about your poxy no, business. No, trip. no, 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 no. Big no. time, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> it is coming up later on. You've been asked to uh, give a blow-by-blow account. Yeah, good luck with that. Can I do one more with another quote, just because it's my favourite sentence in any film ever at the end of this. Oh, Very yeah. brief one. Oh, I sometimes yeah. I sometimes wonder where Norman is now, probably wintering with his mother in Guildford. A cat, rain, vim under the sink, and both bars on. But old now, old. There can be no true beauty without decay. Oh, I on. love that line. There can be no true beauty without decay. I absolutely love that. I, That's beautiful. I, if you have not, if you are a listener to this podcast and you have not enjoyed the glory of the script of Withnell and I, just do it. And don't be put off by people who will quote it incessantly. We'll stop now, we promise. Yeah. But do go and watch that movie. It is bloody glorious. And every line of it, because of that end of an era thing, just seems 
oddly appropriate and beautiful and not in the least bit twee. It's just wonderful. Get on it. I can't recommend that enough. To begin with some football-related nonsense, because we should. I, I, I mentioned, um, Cam, in the opening there that we job number one done and job number one done successfully and for all the bleating and griping that we might like to do about how we'd love it to have been done earlier it seems incredibly uh stupid to be complaining now in the wake of what has been a ridiculously enjoyable season on the whole and a season which is still alive and when you consider that the reason is that the season is still alive is because the Reds are in the final of the Champions League and still manage to have enough about them to finish high enough in the league comfortably enough on the last day to be in it again next year there is literally nothing to complain about really is there just say that one line again that one really important line you know which one it is Say that again. That the Reds are in the Champions League final. Oh, wow. That's music, isn't it? It really is. And sometimes, sometimes, because we were caught up in the sort of uh, failing attempts to get over the line in the Premier League over the last couple of weeks, it's almost been forgotten in the the lamentations and wailings of the fans going, oh, it's uh, any progress. Is it progress, really? I've heard people ask. Is it progress, really? I mean... For the love of God, yes, is the short answer to that. But we could go on at length. But to to go back and, and, and come full circle back to the question to you again, there is literally nothing but reasons to be cheerful and joyful and grateful that we're part of this emerging setup under Klopp. And it looks like it's sustainable. It looks like it's something that's going to build, doesn't it? Very much so. It is. It's an amazing achievement, again. Um, when you consider how we were down to bare bones for the last six weeks, really, give or take. Yeah. And, and in the end, it was comfortable because of what happened on the last day. And, you know, it, it would have been a miracle if Chelsea had won every single game and we had stumbled in every single game. It just, it would have been in the biggest injustice going. And we would have qualified a lot sooner if... um the referees had decided to do their jobs properly. And yeah, there, there are well, many factors. Yeah, there, there are, are many, many factors. Yeah, There are many factors why we, we didn't cross the line earlier. But the, the, the short answer is we've qualified. We're in, we've, we've done the minimum we should have done this season. The minimum was to get back into the Champions League for next season because that is a sign that we are now progressing and we are going in the right direction that we will now be able to go into this summer's transfer window and show to all these potential big names that we want to sign that look, we are going to be playing in the Champions League on a regular basis. We've done it for two years running now. We're not as strong a squad as what we could have if you guys are with us. Think about that. So it's brilliant. Minimum, minimum job done. But I also did state at the beginning of the season we need a trophy. So roll on next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. When the trophy is still available, Carl. And, you know, on the notion of progress, I've heard people quibble, look at the points tally and say, I think we're down a point on last year. Um, 
a side altogether from the idea of of balancing um, uh, the, the the European campaign so successfully alongside a Premier League campaign, which finished successfully. You do have to take a little bit of a beat and understand what that means. It's not about just the games played. It's about the toll that it takes uh, mentally as well. And you could see guys were, were, were failing a little bit in, in both physical and mental areas, either side of those massive, massive bloody games, which our club has not been involved in for years. So it's understandable. And when you're, when you've got a squad that's thinning by the week, I mean, frankly, there's something a bit glorious about this achievement so far. You know, not wanting to oversell it. You're like me. You don't like to celebrate anything other than wins. Cam's the same in terms of a proper victory. We'll celebrate when we win the league. But, you know, you do have to maybe, you know, you have to you have to ease back a little bit on that when you think about the general direction this, this club is going, the football that's getting played. It has been glorious at times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been we've been astonishing. We've got so many people in the top scoring lists, and um, uh, basically the season's been justified. I mean, it's it's things like we've gone through weeks like Man City, Everton, Man City to go through that, and then the next. By the way, now you've got to go and do Roma. You know, it's it's that sort of it's it's the mental exhaustion that I think we need more, more applause for than anything else, just because. They must be getting up in the morning thinking, right, just done Man City in the, in the, in the Champions League. What's next? Goodison. Oh, great. I'll just, we'll just go and win the derby in their own ground and they're going to kick the hell out of us. Then we've got to go to Roma. Then we've got to do the, you know... Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, then, now we've got to go and finish above um, a very, very strong Chelsea team. So I think they are still strong, to be honest. They just bought up the last week. Um, that's not nothing. And my takeaway from this is... I'd like next year, I've been saying this for years though, I'd like next year to be able to do that and think we've got two or three people in reserve to come on and take away some of that, you know, take away some of the heartache of that. Because, you know, losing Chamberlain was a massive blow. But but, but then again, it wasn't a massive blow because we've done everything we wanted to do. But I'd like that to be a little bit easier next season. And now we've got back-to-back Champions League qualification for the first time in a decade. Then I think this is where a club can can that... Go to players and say, "What are you talking about? We're, we're Champions League finalists. We've qualified back to back. We're not. We're not going to Arsenal and Chelsea out of that particular group. Um, and they've both been in Champions League finals. You want to come and play for Liverpool next to Mo Salah? And th- that's the big thing that we should be taking into the summer. Uh, alongside the fact that you just have to drop. And I know we we are uh, the uh, the guiltiest, maybe next to to to, to Newcastle fans of. Of uh, the cult of the leader and the messiah, messianic um, um, manager and all the rest of it, but credit where it's bloody due. Jurgen Klopp arrives and in his first campaign he gets us to a European final. That's massive. That was massive for me. And the it's also the biggest heartbreak that I've had in recent years following the Reds as well because oh god it would have been glorious and it just it, it really it was it was a real kick in the face. But uh, there was another final that season as well. Since then, the two, success, two, two successive campaigns have ended in Champions League restoration. Um, yeah. uh, that cannot be quibbled with. That is a measure of a guy who's brilliantly doing his job. And what the point that you're making, I think, is an interesting one. I'll just stick with you on it for just one more minute before I go back to Cam on it. 
the the idea of of next year and the squad, I don't feel like it's one of those it, this time next year Rodney will be millionaire things. That, that kind of idea of uh, it'll be our year next year thing that gets thrown at us. I think it's clearly obvious that there is an evolution in the squad. For example, even within this season, are you telling me that if we had Virgil van Dijk from August? that we wouldn't have been closer to City, that we could have been actually on City's shoulders and made them have a wobble because they know we can beat them. That's a different season. I, I don't know about that because they've just got 100 points and uh, they've absolutely battered everyone. So I think, I mean, I, I was at the ground on, on Sunday and I, I was genuinely disappointed that Tottenham didn't win. Sorry, that Tottenham won. Because I thought, I'd love us to finish third because that's just a little, not another statement. We've done this and we've gone, up, we've gone higher than we were. In the league, I, I, I think City are going to win the league. They're the best team in the country. I just think they are because they've got the best midfield I've seen in years. But um, you're right. You know, if, if we get Van Dijk in, in August, is it different? I think the problem's still midfield, but uh, not in terms of the players. Just just in terms of numbers, because we're we're a, we're a side who are got, got very very weak once two injuries hit. Once Lallana and, and Chamberlain went out, then you know. Things got awkward then, and that's what I want to be easier next year. I'm just thinking of things like, you know, other teams can bring on, you know, um, Ganonga and people like that. We don't get to do that, and I'd like us to do that. And it's not as if we haven't got the money. We must be loaded now. I just thought about this. 150 million in January, plus the 8 billion we've got for Champions League qualification, plus the final. Yeah, like it's it's a very very good point, and and I suppose you know Cam, it's it's a bit I don't know. I wanted to mention this. I might as well say it to you now, uh, in by way of this conversation that we're having, because it is kind of relevant. I logged on today, Cam, to the to the um the official website, and I just went looking for a bit of uh, you know just to see was there anything that you know we could pick up on that was that was you know quote interesting quote wise or whatever, and. The first thing that I noticed is that the top three stories across the news section of the official website, the top three stories were all, you know, links to tabloids or, you know, websites linking us to various players. I have a little bit of an issue with that, I have to say. I'll be honest. I don't know, I don't know where I stand on that. I've a little bit of a, I, I, I would prefer that the official website was the official website and that yeah. it wasn't linking to freaking the mirror all the time and stuff like that. That bugged me, I have to say. Um, but I mean, you, you tell me. I mean, you, you hear the names that were being linked. For example, the first three stories on the website there, just to, to clarify the point I'm making, because I said I'm, I'm rambling a bit. There was a, a story about a link to bloody Dembele from Barca. There was a story about a link to Donnarumma, the uh, AC Milan uh, wonderkind goalkeeper. And there was a link to um, a <laughs> Gigi Buffon coming to the club. Uh, oh, yeah, because, yeah. because because clearly he's retiring. So, of course, what else would that be? Uh, where else would he be going? Now, I what I'm saying, on one hand, I'm saying, oh, feck off official website we can see this shit elsewhere on the other hand i'm thinking christ alive this club is growing at a rate of knots now under this man god it's a double-edged sword this question isn't it it is it is i'm aware of that because i got a little bit a little bit of a thrill but also piss off with that stuff on the official website but you get the point i'm I'm making i mean it's 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 not fanciful anymore for us to be linked with these types of players 
No. no. Uh, answering the first question first, should it be on the official website? Well, it's out there anyway, so why not? In a way, at the end of the day, we know it. The club knows it. It's, it's part of what they're trying to do with their social media, rightly or wrongly. You're right. You, you know, you, you can see it anywhere. Do you really need to see it on the club website? Um, so I'm a bit confused as to which way to go on that one. I'll be honest with you. But to be linked with these names, I suppose in a way we've always been linked with reasonably big names. You know, um, but we've never been in a position where we've really been able to attract them. We've always yeah, struggled. That, that's it. It's it's always been sort of pie in the sky nonsense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even even when the, our, if you think of our biggest stars in recent years that came to the club, the likes of. Alonso was not necessarily massively well known. He was a well-respected guy that had been scared, like you know, that was yeah. was was picked from you know he he was he was one for the future. Uh, same with Suarez, uh, he, clearly an excellent footballer, but not really at the top of the level that he reached with us. Uh, you know, he, Torres was exactly the same. Obviously, a fantastic footballer, but was waiting to make that move to a big club. That you yeah. know, so so I mean, but now we're looking at guys. You know, that are properly elite, that, you know, everyone yeah. has had a look at Donnarumma. Everyone's had a look at Dembele. Do you know what I mean? And whether it's bullshit or not, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's nice to be linked with these names. And it goes back to, I think it, a lot of it goes back to Jurgen Klopp and what he's done at the club. And, you know, going back to the progression thing just slightly, just going off track a little bit. We scored more goals this season and conceded less. Since Virgil van Dijk has come into the team, I think we've only conceded nine or ten Premier League goals. In that same period of time, that's exactly the same as Man City, who had the best defence in the league this year. He would have made a difference. Those draw, those 12 draws, five of them would have been wins. That's another ten points easily in my mind. That's kind of the point I was making, and I suppose I, yeah. I completely get what Carl was saying. They've been outstanding the other lot. What, don't but think it, it would have been... Uh, I don't think we would have challenged City. I well, think it would have been. I, 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 I suppose what I'm saying to you is, it, it's, it's all very well when you, when you're so far streaking ahead as City were, it's all very well staying there because you're just, you know, objectively the best side in, in, in the country. Yeah. What I'm saying is psychologically, we, we get into City's head. We, we, we're the team that can beat them. And if we were on their, on their coattails a bit, then I'm, you what I'm know. saying is, who knows exactly? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you in that respect. I just think, what did they finish? 25 points ahead of us? Yeah. So, so my point sounds stupid, but you yeah. get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if we picked up, say, those 10 points, 15 points, yeah, we, we, they, they may have had a little wobble. We may have got it down to eight or nine points. You know, we, they would have been in low nineties and we may have been in the higher eighties and you never know. So, um, yeah, there, there is a, there is a strong possibility that could have been the case. Um, Virgil has definitely made a huge difference. And, and, and the figures, you know, the stats prove that, you know, with the number of goals conceded since he's come into the team. We don't concede as many. Uh, uh, there, there is a stat going around. I, I've, I've half arsed it in the show with Jan about two nights ago and I've half arsed it the weekend uh, after with, with, with Harry uh, on Raw. I, I, it, it's something about the last 29 games and how the Reds are uh, as good, if not better than anyone when it comes to concession of goals uh, and when it comes to defensive records for all the, 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 the nonsense about our, our terrible um, uh, propensity for giving goals away on the whole. Tottenham that would be. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, probably. There you go. So, so I mean, it, it's it's it, there is evident ample progress, and it's just it's like I say, it's just so exciting. Carl, does it seem surreal to you in in the same way as it does to me? And I, I'm picking it up from Cam as well. That when you wake up these mornings, that you're waking up and your team is in the Champions League final, and it's a bit mad, and it it's it's. You know, it's, it's, it gives, it gives you a little kind of a boost that, you know, reminds you of what a wonderful club it is that we've kind of hitched our, 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 our colours to. And it's our third in 13 years. I mean, I don't think anyone's talking about that enough for a side who, who can't win the league. We have got to three European Cup finals in 13 years. Uh, yeah. do you know, do you know which English club would take that? Every fucking one of them. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. And I, and I include City because they haven't got to one. Not to mention all the all the Rafa years of semis and quarters as well. Yeah, you know uh, where we were, you know, uh, ob- objectively, you know, from according to some uh, stats or, or or criteria, the number one side in Europe for a long time. There, I mean, yeah, it's part it's part of what we are, but Christ, it's just wonderful. And there's something about this idea of the the occasion against the the big bogeyman of Real Madrid, like you know, and 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 the way in which it's being presented. I don't know if, what what way you you've perceived this, Carl. I'm not talking about the likes of uh, Gento or Hento, who's talking about how it's going to be a piece of cake. He's an old timer, and he's probably he's probably you know fulfilling some agenda, or it was asked to go and stir the pot a bit. That kind of thing is great. Bring that on. I love all that. I'm talking about the general condescension, almost in the way that it's being presented in the media. Like you never know, plucky Liverpool could put it up to them, but you know, there's no reason to think that we will do anything other than that. It's the 13 t-shirts, isn't it? I, I, I'm so happy they did that. Yeah. I'm yeah. so happy because that's basically just saying, come on then, lads. And, and all lads are going to go, yeah, sounds. Bring it on. <laughs> we're, we're more than happy to do that. Um, cause that's just, it's disgraceful that they've done that. And I absolutely love them for it because they, they are the fat Elvis of, of, of uh, football and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think this is going to be a lot closer than people make out it's going to be. And I, 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 I just don't think we'll freeze. I was, I was talking to, to um, uh, my former editor last night and I was saying, um, that the side that relaxes first wins. That's the way I'm, that's the way I'm looking at this game. And, um. What do you mean by that, Carl? Whoever, whoever takes the, whoever takes the fastest time to, to start passing the ball around, starts getting their heads together without thinking, fucking hell, it's the Champions League final. Yeah. Um, then I think that side wins. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting shout. I like that. Yeah. 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 Because heads yeah. can go. It's the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> and heads can go. Well, then, but I'm including them. I don't care how many they've won. They haven't faced Mo Salah before. No, they have. They, they haven't um, walked around James Milner. They the have gra- not. The granite ox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As, no, it's it, like I mean, w- next week is is going to be our build up show, so we'll spend a lot more time talking about about that, uh, obviously, and and about you know what what the meeting the match uh, may look like and how we may so, uh, shape up and all that type of thing. But I think essentially you've hit on the truth there is that we can talk all we like about selections and tactics and all the rest of it. It is going to be two 
kind of batshit teams going at each other. Yeah. Um. That, and that's that's what it's going to be. And you know, for for the first time in a long time, you know, when people say, "Oh, this could be any score," I genuinely believe it could be yeah. any score. It, it, from, it, it could from, be seven it, it could be 7-4, it could be 5-all, it could actually be 5-0 to one team, and yeah. that wouldn't necessarily mean that the other team were just bloody awful. Yeah. It's just, it's just, the two teams have that in their locker. Um, the, 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 the thing you hear a lot, Cam, is that, just to, just to give it a, a minute or two, we will, like I say, focus on it more next week, but the thing you hear a lot, Cam, is that these guys have more, you know, uh, sort of proven match winners, uh, big time players, all that kind of stuff. And as Carl says, they have that ridiculous record in recent times. Um, do, does that sort of thing, do you see that counting against us? Is there a way in which perhaps, you know, given Klopp's final records, uh, you know, which hasn't been tremendous, that us being, you know, patently obvious underdogs to, to, to the world, uh, bar ourselves might actually work for us. I do not believe in a previous result will have any bearing on a future result. So the fact that Real Madrid have won the, the, the Champions League three times in the last four years has no relevance on May the 26th, 2018. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to pause it there because I'm, I'm going to cut across the air and I want you to get right back into this. I'm not interrupting your flow. No I just want, I just want, I just want to pick you up on that one point because when I, when myself and my brother were growing up, there's two years between us, almost two years. So we were growing up. We used to play one against one. We'd mark out a pitch, uh, and we'd go at it night after night after night when we were growing up just constantly playing football, constantly against each other, whether it was just one on one matches or whatever. And for the longest, longest time, until I think I was probably 16, I'd always just win by one or two because I was the older brother and there was something in there where it wasn't necessarily physical force or anything like that, but it was just sort of force of will. And I'd always won before and he kind of knew I was going to win. And I remember there was a day he beat me and I was like, shit, you know? So what I'm saying, you're saying about how Previous results don't have any bearing on future results. But is that true, really? Okay, then. 1981, Paris, May, Liverpool beat Real Madrid 1-0 in the Champions League final. Right. That's, that's the last time we played Real Madrid in a Champions, in a European Cup final. Is that right. gonna have a, is, does that have any bearing on next week's result? We had Ray Kennedy then. That's this the is- point. These are both, these are both good points, but that, yeah, but you're kind of ignoring the point I'm making about how it's, we're talking about recent times. We're talking about muscle memory here. Do you you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but the point you're making was, was you and your brother night in, night out. You're playing, playing each other all the time. Real Madrid and Liverpool hardly play each other. Oh, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Okay. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. Can I, can I, can I do a a previous game as well? Just to to emphasize the different side of this. Well, the one nil at the Bernabeu. Uh, no, I would say Crystal pa- uh, Liverpool nine, Crystal Palace nil, September. Yeah. Uh, FA Cup semi final, Crystal Palace four, Liverpool three, and they were yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, you get, you see all this stuff. Well, so and so hasn't won at this ground for fifty years. Well, they didn't play for forty-five years though. Yeah, we're not playing Charlie George. Yeah. <laughs> 
Although if they want if they want to bring the aging um, gunner on, feel free. For sure, for sure, I'd be I, I'd love to see him in the white kit. But that, that's a that's but, a story for you right there. Let's let's get that rumor going. <laughs> George in retirement. But, but where, oh, say I could have crossed you, Cam. Where were you going with that? Sorry. Um, yeah, well, that that was it. I mean, for me, I I'm not worried about what's happened previously. It's all about the day. And at the end of the day, it's two teams facing off against each other, and the best team on the day will win, because that's what will happen. The best team will be the team that scores the most goals. It's simple, you know, I mean, it's, it's a Michael Owenism there, isn't it, for you? You know, um, nobody scored, so I think the game's going to be nil-nil. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah I, I don't, I don't hold any, I don't, I don't, I don't see it how, uh, you know, how that one nil at the Bernabeu, the three nil at, um, at Anfield will have any bearing on this result. I don't see how Real Madrid, they, as Carl said, they, they already think they've won it. They wore a shirt, t-shirt after the semi-final, showing the 13. You know where their head head is at. You know where their mentality is at. They think they've won it. Yeah. Good. Perfect. That's what we want. We want them to feel cocky and arrogant because we mm. can capitalise on. And they know they need no help there. Thank you. No, they certainly don't. They don't. And uh, look, I mean. Just on that one thing, I, I mentioned it several times, and never really. Uh, we we all just said it was it was a bit it was a bit off, and all the rest of it. But it is staggering arrogance. I mean, I, I was so taken aback at the time that I didn't really fully articulate my disdain. It, it, it's it's stunning arrogance. I mean, what what? If it, it, it's not even saying we have a shot now, guys, it's saying it's in the bag. Yeah, and you know, like. You go back to the old days of managers putting clippings on the on the dressing room wall and saying, "There's your team talk." Uh, Christ alive! There's your team talk in glorious HD uh, with those twonks going to their fans wearing a T-shirt proclaiming that they've already won the bloody trophy. Yeah. Ask Ask Mo Salah if they've won the trophy. Ask Virgil Van Dijk if they've won that trophy. Ask Klopp if they've won that trophy. Christ, I'm, uh, the more I think about it, it just gets me really, really going for this. I'm like, I want, it makes me want to win it even more if that's possible. I'm taking a big, a big flag with the word six on it. I think, I think all, all our lads should warm up with a number six shirt on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with fuck you written in Spanish on the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, it's, 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 it's ridiculously motivating. Let's just leave it at that. There's a couple of things that have happened during the week, um, in relation to Liverpool footballers, uh, that I wanted to talk to you about. First it, of all, it, we, is, it, is it our weekly M rate chat? <laughs> Well, I, I, do you know what? I, I actually don't want to have a weekly MRA chat because, be, because, because the, sick of him. I'm so sick of him. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sick of him. And it's got nothing to do with his merit as a footballer, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit. I just, I saw somebody saying, um, you know, it was a good, it was a good comment. I can't remember who made it, but you know, he was free. He, obviously the story was that he's able to go to Marbella for the training camp and, uh, but there was a proviso apparently that, you know, if any other club wanted to bring him somewhere else, he could go there as well. <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, that's probably about right. That's, I think, where most of us are at in our heads with it at this stage. And like, I don't even want to get into it because he's not going to be an option for the he, final. He, he, he's a big, he's a big fan of this podcast and other podcasts. 
the art is on the bus. Very keen yeah, on that. Yes, all podcasts are good. Yeah. Of course, yeah, right. But like, <laughs> look, the, 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 the thing about it is, let's put him to one side. Let's talk about the guys who who, who we can focus on, and you see them there in their in their uh, you know having having the fun off and on their 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 uh, warm weather training camp or rest up or whatever it is, jolly up or team building or whatever the hell it is going on out there for a few days. They had two days off, didn't they? They had, they had Monday and Tuesday off. Yeah, they seem to have had a proper jolly a couple yeah. of days. And like, look, it. I think that's wonderful and all the rest of it. But in the middle of all that, we get the news that the England squad is is is, is has been put together, and obviously Henderson's in it, and uh, Trent's called up. And I I want to say that I'm delighted for the kid on a personal level that he gets that acknowledgement for his form this season. But I also want to say that I'm disgusted that he's going with England. Because they just break our footballers. And if, if, apologies to England fans if you think that's a bit small-minded, but I'm, I'm thinking Joe Gomez, I'm thinking Daniel Sturridge, I'm thinking there was at least two other people. Was it Jamie, oh, Jamie Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, going back. But, like, lots and lots and lots of recent examples of that. Joe Gomez. Yeah, Adam Lalana um, recent, in recent uh, in recent yeah. years as well. This guy is, is reminding me. That's the guy I was trying to think of. So, I mean, it's... I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to think of it. Where where do you stand, uh, Carl, as a scouser and not necessarily the biggest England fan in the world, uh, on the idea of Trent getting this call-up? I think it's lovely for him because he's from West Derby, where my mum lives. Um, and I said on Twitter yesterday that um, I just like the fact that there's somebody going to the World Cup who has a working knowledge of the Eaton Road fish bar chippy. Big uh, shout out to those lads. I'm a big fan. That's nice. That's that's a nice thing for, for you know someone who basically grew up in L12 to be going to the World Cup. It's a nice thing. Um, and I hope he has three lovely games on the bench. No, I, hope yeah. he, I, hope he, I hope he gets on. But you know, come come back when injured. That's always the best England result ever. No no injured Liverpool players. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And again, it's easy for me to say that as a, as a, as an Irish man. But uh, Cam, what, what were your thoughts on on, on Trent's call up? I mean. As Carl says, you know, it's objectively a lovely thing for the fella. As I was saying, it's a lovely re- uh, acknowledgement of, of, I guess, the the form that he's shown. Um, and Southgate seems to be going exactly that. You've hit it, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's all yeah. about form he's shown. Every footballer wants to play for their country, whether us fans like it or not. I'm no big fan of international football, like many Liverpool fans. It's Liverpool first, international in the bin. Um, but saying that, I'm wearing my Italian top tonight from 1994 for some reason. Um, but, <laughs> you know, which seems rather appropriate now. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We're going to that. Um, so, uh, if if a, if a footballer get called is get is getting called up for his country, more often more often than not, that says he's playing well for his club. And isn't that what we want? Our players to play well for the club. Yeah, of course. of course, of and, course, and, and it's recognition of that as well. And you, you get me any, you get me any footballer, um, who will say, I don't want to play for my country. About in, you know, at the end of their careers, yes, James Milner, you know, I, I want to preserve what I've got. I want to play more club football. You know, my body can't take it anymore. But at the beginning of every every player's career. They dream of representing their country. They dream of going to the World Cup. They dream of going to the European Championships if they're if they're European. So, you know, I'm happy for the kid. Really happy for the kid. 
because it reflects well on Liverpool and what we've done in, in helping that talent come through. And when you when you look at the um the, the the makeup of that squad, just to focus on it briefly, it's incredibly young. I mean, they've got some strange calls in there, especially in the forward areas. Um, properly strange calls. I mean, Danny Welbeck is is selected and stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. Um, but he hasn't but, but played. It's an incredibly young squad, and I guess if you're looking at the breakdown of the squad, it probably means that uh, our man. Our club captain has a tremendous chance of captaining his country then for the for the World Cup as well. You would imagine, right? Uh, well, isn't Prince the Golden Prince. Boy going to be the uh, captain? Big Harry. Sorry, I think it'll be Henderson. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I again. From a from a, 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 the point of view of, of of what it's saying about Liverpool and the prominence of the club and how it's doing and how the player himself is doing, it's kind of one in the eye for an awful lot of people who like to give a dig at uh, in 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 Jordan's direction. I'm, you know, again, massively delighted for that guy as well. I have to say, um, yeah, look, <laughs> it's uh, it's tempting to go on and on, but I just did want to talk about one more thing before we we we, we leave the. Uh, the football arena just for now and it's not really um specifically really although hang on hang on i want i should give you an opportunity was there any any specific football stories that either of you two wanted to talk about Uh, and um selling champions league tickets uh yes that's right you remember you wanted to fill us in and talk talk to us about this this topic okay um a couple of years ago liverpool fans Rightly, we're in uproar. Uh, FSG once charged £77 to watch a Premier League football match. And we staged a massive protest and over 10,000 fans walked out during a game. And FSG took note of this. And they said, all right, we won't put the price up for now. They will put the price up at some point. If we want to compete at the higher higher levels, they need to generate funds as well to be able to do that. Ticket pricing isn't the only source of way of doing that. I get that. Um, there probably is an argument that they could reduce ticket pricing. That's fine. I get that. But what has got in my goat really badly this week, um, since the, uh, the ballot has been done for the, uh, Liverpool fans to go to, to Kiev. And now suddenly these people can't go to the game for whatever reason. And they think it's justified to charge two, three, four grand for a ticket, they can fucking do one. They should, those tickets, the club need to do something about it. UEFA needs, I mean, UEFA are a bag of shit anyway, the way they up, uh, bumped up the prices as well. They're, they're no better. They're, they're the biggest touts going. But these fans, and we, and our fans going on about how, how great we are. We're the best fans in the world. No, we're fucking not. This is, this is proof that we're not. That, you know, and these are our fans who've qualified through the ballot system to get tickets. So you can't even say it's somebody else who's got the ticket. It's our fans who have done this because they've been to the games, they've been to the away games, and now all of a sudden they can't can't make this game. So think, oh yeah, we'll milk it and we'll cover the cost that we've spent for the whole year. You should never have been in the ballot in the first place then if this is what you were going to do. You're a fucking disgrace. 
And how many, how many, how many examples of this are we talking about, uh, Cam? Because I, I, I'm, I'm blissfully unaware of it because I wasn't getting involved and I knew I wouldn't be able to go to the game, so I didn't. It's not, it's not. There are not waters I've swum in. How many, how many examples would you be talking about? Is it widespread or? From what I can gather, it's reasonably widespread. I'm just, I'm just going on eBay now and just having a look and seeing if it, it comes up with any numbers. So, um, but it's obviously enough. It's come up it's, enough. It, as, it's as coming thing. up. It's coming up quite regular on my timeline um, for uh, on Twitter. Yeah, so, it's pretty. Uh, it's it's pretty horrific stuff, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I mean, one is one too many. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it's it's an interesting question, all of this, Carl, isn't? It? I'm sure you've been kind of specifically chatting to an awful lot of people who are trying to to make the journey and get going and uh all the various uh, logistical things that go with that but obviously the biggest issue for everybody has been actually getting their paws on a ticket um what 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 tales of 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 the ticket uh stories have have you have you come across in in your uh exchanges with various uh, guys who might be going well my my favorite thing is uh is Ian Simon highlighted last night um is is people uh selecting the buy it now option for people with you charging 3 grand for a ticket and then not doing anything about it whatsoever. So oh, brilliant, put, yes. They can't, yeah. they, they can't put it back online again. Um, this, this is good for people that don't use eBay and don't mind being suspended for it, because um, there's literally nothing they can do. People are making false accounts and yeah. doing it. And that's, 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 that's fantastic. That's absolutely yeah. fantastic. So, so, so let let me understand this as a as a guy who doesn't uh, who doesn't bother much with eBay either. Basically, what you're doing if you're doing that is you're hamstringing the uh, vendor by uh, locking off a, a bid and saying that you're going to do this, and they can't sell it until you what yeah. Un- uncouple yeah. yourself from that deal. Okay, I see. Yeah. Right. Well, that's exactly what people like that deserve, then, right? Yeah. It's, I think that's just beautiful. I think I think it's so nuanced as well. It's such a lovely little sort of. It's not someone ranting at you on Twitter or something like that. It's a general. I'm just going to make sure you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that isn't that a gloriously different approach to to as you say the shouty shouty uh, expletive laden laden nonsense that just fills up everybody's timeline on a regular basis. Just you know shouting into into the ether. That's that's actually. Saying, you know what? That's a shitty thing you're doing, and fuck you. And here's what I'm going to do about but, it. But also, can we just like say, can, can Sorry, that sounds like me on a pod. It does a bit, fella. It does a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're rubbing off on me, man. You're rubbing off on me. Okay, well, can, 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 can we just say? Can we just call them what they are? They're touts. It's touting. Of course, touting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's, I, I've seen all this. Yeah, you know, it's my ticket. I'll do what I want with it. Uh, no, you're touting. And, you know, you can't, let's not call this anything else. It's touting for tickets. And, and it, you know, the amount of people who've, who, my mates who, uh, I think two of my people, mates got sorted in, in the, um, uh, in the ballot. And these people are going through hell to get tickets and things. And, and this is before you look at the, um, you know, the UEFA situation, the fact that the club aren't doing anything about flights or anything like that. Um, but by the way, there's a fantastic article on Arfield Index about that. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd definitely read that when Gag retweets it tomorrow. And um, that's for you, for you anything. You get ripped, like, we, we used to get ripped up by airlines, by hotels, by UEFA, but not by our own fucking fans. Well, Thomas Cook are at it as well, aren't they? Oh, those fucking swans. <laughs> oh, honestly, honestly. Mm. 
Mm. Fucking hell, £299 to go to uh, to go to Kiev when Man City played there. It's suddenly not going to happen. Do you another reason I hate Thomas Cook? Is because they had a TV advert years ago that Jamie and Louise Redknapp uh, were in. And believe me, I have got no truck whatsoever with Louise Redknapp. None whatsoever. <laughs> Big fan. Um, but I just like the idea of that. Is Jamie Redknapp really rigging up for £299 package deal holidays? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is, you know. It, it was a strange one at the time, all right. I remember thinking uh, it did, it did, it did kind of jar with me at the time, all right. But I just thought, oh, yeah, Jack keeps getting on CFAX. Let me just go around on CFAX here, Louise. I'll see if there's anything going on in Palaraki. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it is. It, look, it's it's. What do you expect? It's 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 if if it's it's probably insane to expect anything else from human behavior at this stage uh it probably you know obviously we've seen loads of lovely examples of proper human behavior recently and actually cam let's finish on that on a on a, an upbeat story i mentioned this briefly to to jan in the in the, in the pod on monday i think it was monday we did it uh, and it's not something I go on about ad nauseum with him. Um, he's a, he's an old fashioned dude. He doesn't get too bogged down in the, in the, in the touchy feely stuff. But I was genuinely delighted to see an awful lot of the, um, behavior of Liverpool players, uh, in recent weeks. Um, I'm thinking of Trent, um, and the way in which he was specifically sort of looking out for one particular fan. I'm thinking of Alex Oxlade Chamberlain and his, uh, uh, behavior towards a couple of specific fans as well, pe- helping people out, looking out for them. I'm thinking mm. of Jordan Henderson, uh, and his, his behavior around. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah absolutely. I've, I'd even forgotten that, but I was thinking more about the Sean Cox banner and taking it yeah. down and back and looking after that. Um, the, um, let, the, let, the, the letter that he wrote, Andy Robertson as well. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a delightful sort of a, a bunch of fellas there, you know, and, it gets it's easily dismissed and uh, sometimes blokes don't want to talk about that but those blokes should probably just you know have a word with themselves and not be so bloody awkward and old-fashioned and tragic in their attitude because i like to celebrate that that's that's a good man doing a good thing and I, it, it makes me happy to be part of a of, of 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 a club where you can see that and it's thanks, I think, Cam, in no small measure to obviously the lads themselves are solid fellows, but it's thanks yeah. in no small measure to the culture that that that, that the main man is cultivating. Go full circle back to Jurgen. Again, you just took the words right out of my mouth. You hit the nail on the head. It does go back to Jurgen, and one of the things he said in the past. I know he hasn't signed all the players that you mentioned, but he has mentioned that it's not just about the football ability on the pitch; it's about the type of people they are off the pitch as well. And you've, you've given some wonderful examples there of, you know, of how great, um, our players are and how, how they feel about, um, us loyal fans and how they want to, you know, how they can relate to us, how they want us to feel part of the club as much as we want to be a part of the club. And Henderson, what he done shows for me what a captain of a football club is about. It's not just about what you do on the pitch. It's also about what you represent off the pitch. And off the pitch, I've, from what my understanding is, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. He, he's brilliant. Um, and there's a lot of people in there. There's a, there's a lot of great characters within there. There's a great um, rapport within, within the dressing room. And, you know, you get rid of the, you get rid of the rats and the snakes. And 
and and and this is what you get. So you're basically saying Jurgen Klopp is St. Patrick. <laughs> he's, he's, he's cleansed Ireland of all the reptiles and uh, basically now he's, he's turning it into a good old country. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. And, and look, it's it's the kind of thing that you, uh, I, I like it. you can understand why certain people are maybe a little bit emotionally awkward, don't like talking about stuff like that. I, I don't really care. I kind of revel in it and I... I find I find it very life affirming. In a time you turn on your TV every day and you just sort of, ah, Christ, and so you see something like that. You see Trent going around the pitch, and it's not it's not about you know oh look at all the cute kitties on the walk around. It's the extra little things I'm talking about. Those type of things. They're the things that make a difference. Even Jan was saying like in previous times he's watched those things, things he's been part of as well. Maybe himself and uh, that last day walk around saying goodbye to the fans. And there's often like two, three lads in a cluster who don't really want to be there, not really arsed to come out with their mate, and they're like you know looking at their phones or whatever. The lads here were into it because there is that genuine rapport with the crowd. It's not made up. It's not. It's not. It's not fictional. It's a real thing. And Klappo himself like went to to pains to try and do that from when he, the minute he arrived. Whereas Brendan used to talk about it. Like Jurgen went to the bother of uh, you know kind of virtually embarrassing himself by bringing that the, the, doing that wave up to the crowd at one stage and the locals were going oh you're not really sure about that Jurgen but you could see what he was trying to do and he means it he's constantly talking about atmosphere and crowd he's constantly making the crowd aware of how important they are the supporters aware of how important they are he's always got time to do a little voicemail for someone or a little video for someone he, yeah. do, he does really open interviews with the, that that one that we read recently um i think it was mel reddy did it but he's always doing yeah. these interviews that are really really interesting and open and honest yeah, yeah. And it, i mean yeah you're right i mean what i was going to say there was um this season the fans have been on a different level as well to previous season the la song has really brought the fans closer to the players. And I think the players have really appreciated that. You telling me the fans haven't played a part in getting us to Kiev next week. We played a huge part in that. And I think the players really appreciate that. You know, against City, that atmosphere, uh, I was so fortunate to be there. You know, it was, it was the greatest football match I've ever been at. I can honestly say that, you know, it, it blew away the Olympiakos. For me, when Stevie G scored that thunderbolt at the end, it really did because of the atmosphere that day. It blew away the emotion of being at the Juve game that year as well. Um, I wasn't fortunate enough to be at the Chelsea game, so I couldn't really compare it to that. And I asked, me, I asked people who were at both games and they said it was on a par. And then some were saying, no, the City game was better, but it was the fans. Yeah. The fans have really taken to the team this year. And again, that's what Jurgen has done. It's like you say, he's been banging that drum for ever and a day now. So why can't they put more flights on for Kiev after we've done all that for them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, seriously, seriously, it's a big point. We've, we've done that. We've played our part. Why well, doesn't Peter Moore just help us out a bit more? It, look, look, it's a really, really good point. And I mean, like to finish on that, I suppose it's a serious now to finish for, on the football part of it. Like on that serious point, you're asking a question there and it's kind of, 
you know, almost a rhetorical one. Like, what, what, what do you think could have been done better? I know it's an obvious question, but I'm asking. I'm playing the, I'm playing the, the idiot here for, for the benefit of listeners. What do you think should or could have been done better from the club's point of view, Carl? Well, for starter, I mean, obviously he's not involved with aviation or anything like that. Fair enough, I understand that. Um, it, we should be saying to Thomas Cook, you know. You've got to help us out here. We've got a lot of people over there. We're trying to win this bloody thing for a start. And the more people we get over, the better. That's what they can do. But the big thing for me is, why not just delay the season ticket deadline? Help us out that way. We're putting a lot of money into going to Kiev. Why not just help us out with that? Just put that back a month. That's going to help a lot of people. And they said no yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and that's... That's as stark as 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 it sounds. Uh, it's it's. I'm just pissed all over Cam's point there. I'm like, sorry, Cam. I didn't mean it like that. But that, 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 <laughs> no, no, that, is, no. that is my point. It's, it's, I mean, it's an absolutely valid point. I, but I, no. I, 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 I love every, everything from Jurgen Klopp downwards. I absolutely love. But that's oh, it. That's that's oh, that's, that's why. Yeah, no, but that, that's why the two things are completely separate. I mean, we can only expect, um, as you say, from Klopp down, the, the pitch-related stuff, the uh, the interaction with the fans, that's all we can expect from those guys. But there's a there's a different layer. It's, it's a different layer that you're talking about there to the club. And yeah. they, they're, they're making decisions which, you know, are sort of on a consistent enough basis, uh, maybe not what we would like. And, and that's, that's, that's a different aspect altogether. But... Yeah, look, we, we, we remain, we remain in hope. I don't see anything, uh, getting pulled out of the, out of the hat at the last minute here to, to do any big redemption. But look, let's see how it goes. We'll talk more about it next week when we are talking almost exclusively about the Real match. But a couple of questions before we finish up. I'm going to drop one out here now so that you can go, uh, man types on the, on the internet, on, 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 uh, on podcasts in the background, uh, if you wish. I'm going to ask you if you do have a favorite movie quote. I'm not asking for it now. I'm just going to ask you in, towards the end. So if you want to be tippy tappy and in the background there to clarify, go ahead and do that. So that's coming up towards the end. That's going to be the one I finish on your favorite movie quote. Um, but we did have a couple of uh, uh, questions in. Um, I think I asked yesterday. I can't remember. Yeah, I did ask yesterday. And we had one question in um, from uh, Ari. And Ari says uh, he wanted to know what was your favorite mystery from Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. Now, uh, oh, first I saw of all, that question. I saw it's, that it's, question. It's, it's, a, it's a belter, right? It's a belter. Now, first of all, I have to establish, obviously, you've seen that, Carl. Have you seen that show, Cam? No. You haven't seen that show. No. So, so basically, Arthur C. Clarke went around and looked at all those, these mysterious things that happen all around the world, like, you know, uh, all sorts of sort of, uh, unexplained events and all the rest of it, theorize what they might be, that type of thing. So it's, it's, it's a really engaging kind of show, uh, looking at, you know, various, as it says, mysteries in, in the world. So if you haven't seen that, we leave that on it. Did anything occur to you, Carl, when you, you, you've obviously got a little connection with that show, like I do myself? I was absolutely obsessed by that program as a kid. Uh, and, uh, did he do one on poltergeists? I think that rings a bell. Uh, basically, my favorite two things on that show or any show like it would have been poltergeists and, uh, anything involving spontaneous combustion. <laughs> which, was, which, which is the, the peerless Diane Morgan once said on the podcast when he plays, um, Philomena Cub, which is a fantastic show in its own. He said that, all those pictures that are always in black and white on the chair and someone's leg. <laughs> That's all they ever have. Um, oh, yeah, but I, I, I'm a big fan of the Poltergeist stuff and Arthur C. Clarke. But that used to call it, because basically Arthur C. Clarke is a, is a, was, was a science fiction uh, writer 
and um, he used to walk. He, he lived in Sri Lanka, and he used to walk around um, with a big umbrella on all the time because it was always raining whenever he had to fill his little inserts about. You know, meanwhile in the Czech Republic, you know things like that. And my dad always used to call it Arthur C. Clarke's mysterious umbrella. So I always yeah. liked it because of that. Yeah, but, yeah. It, 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 it was. It was. Do you know what? It was kind of for me. It was like a little gateway into a whole world. Like I mean, obviously I'm a football nut, but I'm also sort of obsessive about loads of other things. Um, uh, obviously history and politics are two of them. But I love all that unexplained mystery stuff. I love all that. I love a conspiracy theory. I love all that. And I remember one, the first one that I watched. It was about this. Um, it was about the Tunguska incident in 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 uh, in, in Russia, um, where this in 1908 there was this incredibly massive Siberia. in Siberia. Sorry, this incredibly massive explosion that happened. Um, it leveled an area, I think, like the size of New York and London combined. Um, devastation everywhere. The nights were light for weeks and months afterwards it was amazing this thing and of course there's all sorts of theorizing about what it was what it could have been you know it could have been a comet but of course then the fanciful stuff comes out and that's when you're really hooked in you know was it uh, an alien spacecraft was it uh, an atomic bomb before atomic bombs had been invented all this kind of thing that really really gets you going of course he signs off Arthur always signed off in the end by saying the most probable and the most likely he never really went down the mysterious route for all his uh, for all his touting of it I have another one um, by, by the way it was a meteor sorry a meteorite sorry yeah I promise it was. Well, proof, proof, yeah. No, I'm I'm not ruling that aliens. I'm just just saying. Carl, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Car- Carl, I've got one for you as well in a minute. I'm gonna Zara asks what biography you'd like to write. I'm gonna come back to you on that. Cam, are you keeping Vegas under your hat? <laughs> <laughs> what What's the expression about Vegas? Yeah, uh, yeah, fair enough. I've got one question for you then before we finish up. I'm going back to Carl with his uh, with his biography one. Just, and then just quickly on Vegas, though. One thing I will say. You you do want to talk about? No, no, just one thing. <laughs> Buffalo Wings. There's a restaurant there called Buffalo Wings. Um, right. I'm sure all our American listeners and contributors will know about it. It's like a sports bar, but the 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 wings they do they're chicken wings basically. Okay. Oh, they're a delight. Absolutely delight. So- so basically, your 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 big takeaway from from uh, your, yeah. your 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 last weekend in Vegas is yeah chicken yeah. wings chicken wings oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't I can't give anything else can I okay <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got one question for you then uh, just uh, a randomer scariest movie you've ever seen I must have been about eleven years old. And I watched The Exorcist. Oh, that was a bad time to watch that. It it was a bad time, and yes. I I could not sleep alone in my bed. I've got a story about that. I honestly thought my bed was going to rise up. And you, re- you really shouldn't have been seeing that at eleven, man. That's I know. that. Well, we were at a party, and that's what you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, you know? of course. You know, yeah. You you put the you, VCR people VCR you get the video cassette tape and put it in the video cassette recorder. All right, granddad. All right, granddad. S- size of a house brick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here VHS, we go. VHS, not Betamax. Oh Christ! Here we go. But 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 the thing the thing about that movie is um 
you know, people don't really get it now. I think anyone who's grown up kind of, you know, sort of mid to late 80s on, they think it's cheesy as, as fuck. Oh, and, man, as, no, it's not. Oh, no, but they, they, they think the they think the effects are cheesy, but they don't they don't get what was what's horrific about that movie. It isn't like you know, oh that effect is scary. It's psychologically it's terrifying. Psychological. It, 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 got, it got into my head in a way that nothing ever has. I saw it in a, a, a cinema where I actually think a rat ran in front of us <laughs> in the dark. Uh, it was a real rundown place, and I saw it. I was I was seventeen, eighteen at the time, and it did a number on me, man. It I'm did. I'm sure. Num- I'm sure. I I heard. People uh, had heart attacks watching the movie back in yeah. the 80s. Well, I've, I've got a similar thing on this. I didn't see it till about 1997. And um, uh, I was basically at a party I didn't want to be at. And I said, I want, I'll have to go because I've got tickets to The Exorcist. And I've never seen it, uh, which is just an excuse. I just, wasn't, I just wasn't happy at being at the party. But, but it was on. So I went anyway. And there was all these people, these students behind me. And they're all, you know, the, the big font is The Exorcist in big red ghosty type letters and stuff and then they're going Ooh, and all that taking the piss out of it and annoying me by the time that film ended people walked out ashen faced yeah yeah absolutely petrified of what they've just seen that really got to me as well good good because i mean uh, that's it i think sometimes it's these kind of a more modern horror inverted commas buffs who just want to see you know uh, the goriest image possible on the screen but you know the psychological aspect of it is far far more terrifying just gets in on you uh took me 30 years to go back and watch it again did it (laughs) yeah i i I, I couldn't watch horror movies after that yeah i I, I never watched a horror movie until i watched the exorcist again to get it out of my system yeah, it's it's so good. It's just yeah. so good. You see, what really what really got me at the time was I was still young enough that I still had residual catholicism floating around inside me. And, oh, and and yeah. that you know it, it takes a long time for us Irish people to shed. I really that. enjoyed the Ring now. Because of what what the, the ring. oh did you yeah yeah I mean that you watch that in the dark it it makes you your screen crawl and everything. The, the, the original or the remake? Uh, the one that was about. Eight nine years ago, so that would be yeah, the original. That's guessing. probably the, the original. The um, original Japanese version is whoa, wow. Oh, yeah, okay. I, re- I re- re- recommend that as well. Carl, your, your biography. If you were to write a biography of anyone, who would you go for? Uh, you're going to be so glad you asked. Um, my, my first thought was always Debbie Harry or Carrie Fisher, but uh, that's, that's, that's for personal reasons. Yes. Um, I'm going to go for. You're going to be so pleased you asked. Um, Germanicus. Germanicus was the father of Caligula, uh, and he was he was the man who should have been the emperor of Rome after Tiberius. Sorry, after um, uh, Augustus, and he's basically one of the greatest Roman generals ever. And he was poisoned in modern-day Syria. And I'm would, it be, by would it be fair to say that he was he was a bit of a shit role model considering what his son turned out like? <laughs> Well, the thing is, uh, the, the, the myth around this is the fact that his son had killed him, and his son was eight. He, he, was, re- he was really, um, he was, they, were, they were all really superstitious, and they, uh, apparently Caligula, could, just because he believed he was a god. Not, not, I don't think any of this is true, by the way, because um, Caligula was, was perfectly sane until he suddenly started um, having seizures. Um, and um, Caligula wasn't as mad as people make out. Um, uh, Claudius was. But um, it's just the fact, yeah. They, 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 the whole story was that basically he was he was changing, you know, he was writing his Germanicus on the wall, and each day it would just appear, 
and then the, the next day it would be one character short to show that he only had X amount of days to live, you know, all that sort of stuff. But uh, now Germanicus is, Germanicus is the brother of Claudius, as in I, Claudius. Well, big fan. Big fan. Oh, well, it's 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 one you could get your teeth into. I, 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 for what it's worth, I'd be all over that. If you if you end up writing it, you know. I, I've, thought, I've thought about writing a fiction about being what it must be like to be in his legion. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 don't get me started on that. It's a ridiculously uh, fascinating topic. Uh, yeah, last one then for both of you. Did you think, Cam, of a movie quote while you were... Uh, yeah, I've got one. Go on. One of my most favourite films. Go on then, go for it. You see, in this world there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those <laughs> dig. You dig. What's that from? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That was Blondie telling Tuco. I like it. I like it. You recognise that, Carl, didn't you? Yeah, it's a yeah, Big Spaghetti Western fan. Big, big fan, yeah. Uh, we've got one here from producer Guy. Guy's one goes, Jules says, I want you to go in that bag and find my wallet. Pumpkin says, which one is it? Jules says, it's the one that says bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it does. And it which, does. It and it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which is, which is obviously, uh, which is obviously Pulp Fiction. Uh, what about yours, Carl? My, mine would have been there is no true beauty without decay, but I'm going to, it's just gives me a chance to talk about Taxi Driver. I'm still waiting for the, for Rory on AI movie night to get around to Taxi Driver. I don't need another guest. Just get me on. I'll just talk about it for two hours. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, no other guests required. Don't, don't, don't need that. Um, they're just going to get in the way. And it's basically, it's the exchange between Travis and Wizard. Wizard is a man played by Peter Boyle, who yeah. um, is just one of the older cab drivers. And, and Travis is starting to lose it a bit in his mind, and he's starting to get worried he's having bad thoughts. Is this, a bit, is this the bit outside where he's outside. asking, he, he came asking for advice where he talks about Bertrand Russell and stuff? This is it. This oh, is the, man, go for this it, go is, for this, it. This is, this is the exchange. This um, is glorious. Wizard, Wizard, Wizard says... Look at it this way. I'm, gonna, I'm even going to try and act it. Um, look at it this way. A man takes a job, you know, and that job, I mean, like that, that becomes what he is. You know, like, you do a thing and that's what you are. Like, I've been a cabbie for 13 years, 10 years at night. I still, I still don't own my own cab. You know why? Because I don't want it. That must be what I want, to be on the night just driving someone else's cab. You understand? I mean, you become, you get a job, you become the job. One guy lives in Brooklyn, one guy lives in Sutton Place. You've got a lawyer, another guy's a doctor, another guy dies, another guy gets well. People are born, you know. I envy you, your youth. Go on, get laid, get drunk, do anything. You've got no choice anyway. I mean, we're all fucked, more or less, you know. And Travis says, I don't know. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And Wizard says, it's not Bertrand Russell, but what do you want? I'm a cabbie. What do I know? I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Ah. That, that, ah. that scene is beautiful. I've I've actually I've actually learned that off. I did that as an audition piece once. Uh, that 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 Peter Boyle piece. And when you think that pe- most people now know Peter Boyle as the father from Everybody yeah. Loves Raymond. Yeah. And he's and to be honest with you, he's easily the best thing in that. In infinitely watchable. And when I'm an old dude, I want I want to be the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond. I want to be Peter Boyle in that. Just yeah. You know, walking around my underpants, not giving a shit. That's yeah. exactly what old men should be doing. But man, that's a glorious line. I'm going to finish with one from our from our um movie that we mentioned earlier on 
because I I'll said I wouldn't. Well, I just want to mention. Oh, come on, fella, come on. Anyway, this is from this is this is uh, this is this is from Worth Nail, and this is Monty, Uncle Monty, who is one of the most glorious cinematic creations ever. Which Easily. is why, which is why I want you to go and watch this movie. At one stage, the lads are discussing vegetables, and Monty's dis- decided that he's a massive fan of vegetables, far more than flowers. Um, and Monty says, "I think the carrot infinitely more fascinating than the geranium." The carrot has mystery. Flowers are essentially tarts, prostitutes <laughs> for the bees. There is, you'll agree, a certain je ne sais quoi, also very special, about a firm young carrot. <laughs> now, it's, if, it's, it's the way he says prostitutes. Yeah, prostitutes <laughs> for the bees. I, I know, I, next time I'll act it. Uh, calm quote, and then we're gone. No, it's not a quote. It's just... Um Oh, I finally got around to watching Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just move on from that now. Oh. Oh. Uh, Not a fan? No. Ooh. Oh, that's controversial. And we will come back to that. I will actually definitely come back to that. Oh, guys typing. Guys typing. Furious (laughs) furious typing by producer (laughs) in background. This is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is <a> yeah. <laughs> Big guys will fight you. Yeah, yeah the, bring it on. The, the, there, there's a whole, there's a whole staple of AI people who want to take you on, and they will take you on, and that. They so, what, what I'm going to do, uh, Cam, is I'm going to stoke that up all week, and then we can have a, a, we can, you can fight next week. I'm looking forward to this already. Uh, we should wrap it up. Poor old guys in the background wondering what the hell is going on. We're wittering away here, so we will leave it at that for tonight. Show my thanks to Cam and Carl as ever for the usual mix of wit and wisdom and. WTF. Before I let you back to your evening, gents, is there anything you'd like to do by way of a sign-off? Carl, anything you want to mention? On Saturday, I got the cover for my next novel. It'll be out in about October. That'll do. Cam, any last words? Vegas. Vegas, baby. <laughs> yeah, you realise now you've just annoyed at least Zara and probably many others because you said you wouldn't talk about it, and then you keep yeah teasing us with the with suggestions that it was wonderful anyway. My sincere thanks go to you as well, treasured listener. You've stayed with us through this season so far, and we still have some excitement left. It's been a lovely run to this point, and Carl and Cam and I appreciate you immensely. That is not just platitudinous twaddle. That is directly from the heart so stick with us kiev approaches the chance of the greatest glory beckons and we'll be back with you before and after it so you know what to do continue to look out for your fellow reds and as ever stay safe out there Network.